0: Do you have to go pee
1: <laughs> yes
0: i said hey no that's not what i want to do hold on hey yo what's going
1: oh no what <laughs> the-
0: did i just spit in your eye
1: no i just i prefer the other one another. no <laughs>
0: I was like, did I just Gleek on you? <laughs> like, you Gleeked instantly soul. jumped back and, like, covered your eyes. I'm like, what? Did I just Gleek? <laughs> <laughs> Gleeked in my soul. Uh, so, hey, what's going on? You're on the recovery button.
1: Yeah, you are.
0: Do we even know what we're going to talk about? <laughs> no. Fuck. All right, do you want to do the future self one? My future Actually, self in me. I do
1: want to, like, talk about something really quick that... I was listening to uh, Deepak Chopra. Mm. And this is. He just confirmed some of the things I have believed in.
0: Is this like a way left one? Because I need to mentally prepare.
1: It's not. It's not anything I haven't already told you. Okay. But. So. uh, Where. Like, I had this theory of where. Um, diseases and sicknesses come from. Mm -hmm. And but I'll just start off with what he said. He said that our immune system has it listens to our thoughts or something Mm
0: -hmm.
1: like the cells in the immune system are just as intelligent as the cells in our brain that create thought and basically he said that he that the immune systems just kind of just listen into what the thoughts what we're thinking to what we're what ideas we're entertaining what thoughts and um so that that just confirmed of how And also the holistic psychologist says that our, like, uh, our thoughts or our emotional states also affect different organs as well. Like anxiety affects your stomach because it, you're, you know, you're always feeling some nervousness in your gut. So that just like kind of messes with it a lot. So yeah, basically our mind's affect our entire body and then he went on to say he went pretty far to say how you know all of a sudden each cell in your body knows that it needs water they all communicate they just all all of a sudden know something Mm -hmm. so everything is intertwined inside of us so I think that we make ourselves sick in a way Um, because there's some disease, I mean, most diseases, you don't really know, nobody knows where the fuck they come from, you know what I mean? They just form in your body. I mean, except for, like, bacteria, viruses, all that stuff, like, that's just out and about getting transferred, but just, there are certain ones that just end up forming from, I don't know where, and I believe that, here, Here is my own creative theory, theory on this, is I've learned to understand that emotions or feelings are just energies, and um, when it, you know, with, like, the positive feelings, we just kind of let them flow through us, because we don't resist them, because yes, okay, happiness, joy, mm-hmm. let's go, hell Yeah. But with the negative, we tend to resist and try to repress and not want to feel or accept it. So therefore, we don't let that energy flow through our body. We trap it mm. by resisting it. Yep. So when that energy gets trapped inside of you, where does it go? It needs a place to go. And so it will come out in different ways whether it's somebody you know like somebody with like repressed anger they're just like passive aggressive and they'll just like randomly just blow up you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but your body kind of acts like that too it randomly just blows up in some parts of your body so i just i fully believe that um, people that get, like, cancer and stuff like that, I just, they're, they're, they've been repressing something, and honestly, I feel like (laughs) this is just some crazy idea I have, that you can just kind of cure yourself by changing your outlook on things and just fixing yourself mentally from inside, from the inside, um, Yeah.
0: Okay. Not not as far left as I was worried about in the beginning. <laughs> um, and when we say far left, we mean pfft, out of this world.
1: I got to add one more thing. Oh, my God. I was
0: just about to get rolling.
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. In my childhood and throughout, like, you know, right before I started getting heavy into recovery, I would be sick all the time with a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. You know, my autoimmune disorder acting up as well. My this and that all, all the time. And literally the past two years, I have not had any health issues besides, like, you know, my regular anxiety, like, stomach issues. Like, that, that'll that never go away. But everything else, like, I've been good.
0: You did get that nice little batch of hand, foot, and mouth.
1: Well, that's because... No, 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 no. <laughs> Don't even get me started.
0: <coughs> um. All right, so... Yes. So there's a book I got that I've read about a third of and haven't picked it back up. And I really want to because every time I reference this book, I'm like, dude, I really like this book. Um, It's called Your Body Believes Every Word You Say. Mm -hmm. And it goes right into that, uh, into the biochemical parts, um, the parts where, you know, like kind of what you're saying and what Deepak was referencing, like, yes, the... Tension, you know, if I if I live in constant anxiety, of course my stomach's going to be messed up. Of course my nerves are going to be shot. Of course my brain is going to race because I'm constantly activating a survival instinct. You know what I mean? I'm constantly activated. So my heartbeat's probably going to, you know, get a little up. You know, I'm, I'm just going to, your body's going to respond as if you're constantly threatened, you know. If you have excessive worries, same thing, when you have depression, your body starts to shut down, it it like gets in a funk, you have low energy, but there's also things happening on all these different molecular levels to where your brain is saying, I'm being threatened, I'm being pushed, I'm dying, I'm these things, and yeah, your cells are going to respond to that, like, oh, I guess we're shutting down here, you know what I mean? Um, I don't know much about it on the doctor side of things, um, but I can relate it with self- talk. You know what I mean like negative self- talk can keep you down like when, when I'm in a funk when I'm in a funk, I am not as sharp mentally i'm I'm not as energetic physically i am my body hurts more like my aches and pains kind of kick in a little more. It's because I don't have that energy because I'm like kind of stuffing it down. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I'm not keeping my fire going. Uh, I'm just getting to a place where I'm just like mm, unexcited. And even if I shake those thoughts for brief moments, you know, sometimes I'll catch myself in an energetic present moment. But a lot of times I'm still just kind of shut down because my body's like kind of recovering. But then all it takes is that one thought to just come right back in and just nope. Um yeah I, I I do believe in what you're saying. Um everything has to go somewhere. You know, and and I feel like a lot of these more more extreme I guess mental illnesses, you know what I mean, where where the mind is holding on to thoughts and ideas and and activating things like in the body. To keep them sick, like I I wake up and my heart's, you know, racing and I'm feeling a physical anxiety because of my thoughts from yesterday. But now these physical feelings, I'm consciously saying I have anxiety, therefore my brain is getting anxious, therefore it's reactivating. You know what I mean? It's like this cycle that just keeps feeding itself Mm -hmm. and it can and does begin and end with the mind. Mm Mm-hmm like i have some like violence trauma you know from getting robbed um when that guy robbed me and put a knife to my throat and stole my mm. car
1: oh i didn't know you put a knife well to it was your like throat. a it was
0: like a screwdriver with a really pointy end like ice pick screwdriver but for the sake of conversation i figured i'd just say the knife oh, but yeah i had a little shit, cut yeah
1: dude i didn't know that
0: That's yeah so so when I see you know if I saw if I saw an old man stuck out in the rain you know miles from the next gas station and no one around I might want to help that guy but because of my experience in the past my brain will like get into this like fear based my heart starts beating my anxiety's through the roof and I have a lot of thoughts that believe that this could very possibly be a similar situation. You know what I mean? And like, someone else, like our friend who did this a few weeks ago, sees the same guy walking down the same street, but doesn't have that traumatic experience and is like, hey man, you need a run And makes a new friend. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, same with, uh, so, my mind is, yes, it's my experience, and yes, it is smart to factor things in, like, is this safe? Is this, you know, what does history tell you? Oh, you touched that stove before, and you got burned, like, don't touch it again. You know, there's there's usefulness to our memory, and our experiences, and even our traumas, if we use them to avoid, thank you, <laughs> um, however, it, it does create other things as well that can affect it, so... I don't know I feel like I'm just like talking now for the sake of talking but you know what I mean no yeah so yeah that's really it I mean it's good stuff that Deepak thing you're talking about is the quantum healing audiobooks on YouTube that book very
1: very poor quality
0: very poor quality horrible quality audio pretty good content content. that (laughs) content though like you ever seen like it's kind of like all right never mind i'm not gonna do that i was gonna flip it and make a drug analogy all right so no I'll, i'll do it with the recovery so it's like you pull up to this church and it's just fucking broken down and they're like hey there's a meeting here and you're like is this the place I don't know, man. Like, you know, little address like a numbers are falling off and decrepit. There's like probably like a one eyed ghost deer outside staring you down. And you're <laughs> just like, there's like black crows and shit. And you're just like, uh, I don't know about this, but you go inside. Still kind of messy in there. But the quality of the meaning was like, yo, they said they said the things I needed to hear today. The light bulbs went off. That's the quality content. Hell yeah. And then the book, the uh, Your Body Believes Everywhere. You say, I honestly don't know who writes that. And I don't have the time or energy to figure it out for you right now. Just Google it.
1: I haven't gotten down to the nitty gritty of that book. It was only first half hour. Um, But I'm definitely going to listen to it on my way to work and back tomorrow. So it'll be two more hours. Um, but yeah, I just... I just love stuff that makes me question everything I've ever known. That makes me understand that I don't actually know anything. Because a lot of things I hear in my life, I just feel like I already know this. But that's the kind of shit I need to hear that, okay, I didn't know this. Mm -hmm. And I'd never thought of it like that. Just the whole thing on how we are... We are not what we think we are. And... When I think about that, my mind can't comprehend that idea. It only understands certain things. Which, the first thing he said was that the... There's an experiment done on, like, these flies and he put them in somebody put them in a jar and they were just flying around in there and then a day later they took off the lid the flies kept still flying around inside not understanding that there's more out there mm-hmm. being used to what's around so I feel like us being born and growing up in a certain restriction we don't comprehend what is more out there?
0: I think there's a similar thing where they do that with an elephant.
1: Yeah, yeah. He said something about that, but I lost.
0: So like the elephant, when it's a, when it's a baby elephant, you tie it to a, a leash and put a stake in the ground. Yep. And it can't escape. Maybe it tries a couple times and it can't a- escape yep. it. And then when the elephant is a grown-up, if you continue to like link it to the rope to the stake it could easily knock that stake right out by just walking away, but it won't. It will stay there mm-hmm. because it's used to, it already had established that I, I, when I'm leaked to this stake, I can't move. Yeah. So that is kind of interesting. And I want to kind of, like just while I was thinking about it, talk about it's same subject, but kind of shifting it, the power mm-hmm. of belief. Like, because we're talking about the way the mind the body believes what the mind says, but in the negative ways, like so yes, it can cause all these problems, mental illnesses, physical ailments, but it also can inspire like I, I don't know like for me, once I believed I could recovery, I recovered, <laughs> you know
1: what I mean. <laughs>
0: So, like, no, once... I can recover. So I can recover. I recovered, But I'm not recovered eat <laughs> <laughs> Like, no, like, so once I started, when I got sober in '09, nothing, man. Like, it was miserable. It was just, there was no belief I could recover. There was a belief I could abstain, and that's all I did. But there was no belief I could grow past resentments and point of views i I didn't even try i didn't i don't even think i wanted to but even if you were like hey don't you want to be free from some of these negative thoughts you have and mindsets my answer would be yes but that's not possible so when i first started going to meetings in rehab like i don't know my second weekend or whatever it took a minute for i really gave meetings a shot well mainly because those meetings sucked but um When I went to the meeting that inspired the first speck of hope in me, and I know you've heard it a million times, I talk about it in meetings, but like the belief factor that damn, no, I I actually believe this is possible now changed everything. Because now when someone's offering advice or insights, I listen, I actually listen rather than just hearing and constantly dismissing shit they're saying, I you know, start seeking meetings, you know, because I know that they can help me. And then, especially after a few others kind of suck, I also know that some aren't great. And I know some people aren't going to be helpful. And I know some people I won't, I don't like, are going to say things I need to hear, even if they're not saying them directly to me. Mm -hmm. So, like, once I believed all these new beliefs, these new agreements, it, it opened the door in so many ways. Like, once Homie gave me the four agreements, and and I read it, and I fucking vibed with it more than anything in my life up to that point. I believed books had useful information. So when I would look for new books, I would believe that there are books that will help me. Then I read some that are whatever, or I read some that just don't help me. But I still believe... That is possible. You know what I mean? That's why every time I go to a thrift store, I beeline it for the books and I look for anything that looks interesting and and, and I'm open-minded to receiving new information that will help me because I believe. You know, the things I don't believe are possible, I, I obviously won't succeed with because I won't even try and any half ass attempt I give it that has a little success in it I'll write off and then still continue to half-ass try and not succeed. You know what I mean? So the power of belief is, like, amazing. If They say if people who get diagnosed with cancer, like, if you believe you'll be in remission, you will. You know, obviously there are other factors. If I get lung cancer and believe I'll overcome it but continue to smoke, I mean, there's factors. But um, the power of belief can make a major change in in every aspect you know
1: yeah I just um, you brought up the cancer thing again and I just need to go back to how every part of our body is alive and has its own soul
0: <laughs> its own soul yeah Like a separate soul?
1: Not, not like a soul, but just like something that makes it, it's like it has a mind of its own. Like, like how does a heart knows, know how to just pump blood and just do stuff and to just do certain like palpitations and just move itself and you know what I mean? Like how does it know? And how does it move?
0: It just does. How does it move? It moves. What
1: makes it move? The heart. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then you got the stomach, which you know. Then you got the liver, and then you got the lungs. They're all the booty. (laughs) And the booty poops. (laughs) It's like
0: you don't even have to tell it to it; just does.
1: But you do. You (laughs) have to unclench the butt cheeks. (laughs) How does it know to unclench?
0: The power of intention. <laughs> I believe they will unclench. and guess what? They did. <laughs> so, like, no. I, I. Okay. No. Go yeah, ahead.
1: no Go ahead. yeah. No. Yeah.
0: No. Yeah. No. Yeah. All right. So, no, I get what you're saying, and and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna before I agree with you, ask you a question. What? What is a soul? It is, it, in our beliefs, you know. And then there's others, and you're entitled to them. In our beliefs, because I feel like we're similar, a soul is energy. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: A soul is different manifestations of the same energy. Yeah. So the same energy that makes the mind, which is where we think the soul is, because that's where I'm seeing from, processing information, speaking from like in my head. Um, But the same energy is in my fingers and in my heart. And in my booty, mm-hmm. so it's that um, damn, Deepak talks about this too. It's yeah, this is uh the hella deep recovery pod here, but this is, this is this to staying Doesn't in the good matter. head, so uh, yeah, 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 yeah um generational, um, the fuck, what is it? it's like generational, learned kind of like how like the sea turtle adapts you know like when something is a sea creature but then over time evolutionaries into a land mammal you know it grows the legs and it you know what I'm trying to yeah. say like so things change in our molecular code to adapt and it's, it's information that's in there that's just ready to go so, like soul energy, yeah, soul information, whoa i I don't know, I feel like so I feel like I just went wave somewhere, so Let me get back, get
1: back, get another back. thing he talks about is how a thought when a thought comes in, it comes in in the form of a molecule, and it's like, which made me think like. You know, you normally would think thoughts come from the brain. Well, it's like, what the fuck does that mean? And, you know, somebody who's a brain surgeon or knows about that stuff could probably explain that. But it's almost as if when we have a thought, it forms into a molecule which makes it real, which makes it. Like, existent. So, when you're forming a bunch of negative molecules, it's spreading through your body. You feel it in your body, and you become it, and you believe in it. So, if you are entertaining negative thoughts, it's what's going to happen. You're making them the real. But if you're creating positive thought molecules...
0: (laughs) (laughs) What? What? I'm just thinking in my head. (laughs) I wonder if there's any quantum physicists listening to this. Just hearing us 20 minutes of a Deepak video trying to explain quantum physics... (laughs) It's like the equivalent. I did not even
1: get into quantum physics yet. Okay, I, I
0: just—that's where my head went. I'm like, we, we don't know what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Let me. Can I save us the for? The thing a second? can't
1: exist without the observer. That's all I'm gonna say.
0: <laughs> so the thought, right? Uh, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. All right. I don't know about molecules, but I'm not, I'm not confirming or denying. I, I'm still researching. Um, but he does talk a lot about the uh, red apple. So, Do you know about the red apple? Have you no, heard? I Why are you yawning? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the red apple, right? This is how I've heard Deepak explain um, thoughts. It's like, okay, in your head right now, where where are your thoughts? You can't locate them. They're not they're not anywhere. But if I tell you to think of a red apple, boom, you can visualize a red apple. If I tell you to think of what one tastes mm-hmm. like, you can you know you can identify what the sensations and the taste are like of a red apple. And if I tell you not to think about a red apple, you surely will not stop thinking of the red apple because you're gonna keep it, don't think of a red apple, don't think of a red apple. Which goes into other types of obsessive thought patterns, that it's good to let go, and then the balloon trick I do with visualizations, you know what I mean? Like, That's a whole nother subject. Alright, so then, you're thinking of the red apple, and then it's like, okay, think of your, you know, last birthday party, you know, and then boom, you get floods of, you know, memories of who was there, what you got, what it looked like, you know, how old you were, like all these things can just they come, so it's like it's the that's that's where the consciousness comes into play, like that's where the awareness comes into play, and I, I think they talk about this in Breaking Bad, and I'm pretty sure they talk about it in in one of Deepak's that they cannot locate the soul, and that like in Breaking Bad, like in the very opening scene, I think in the first episode, he's talking about the molecular structure of the human body, right. Mm-hmm. But it's only 97.7% or something like that. Mm-hmm. What 99.97%. They cannot account for the 0.3 or 0.03, whatever. So, and then in the show, he's like, that's where the soul, the soul is. That's where we can't explain where this filler space is. Um, I know it's a show. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, like, I, 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 I
1: believe that.
0: I, I can dig this concept when, when, when you die the soul leaves, the consciousness leaves the awareness leaves you are left with your shell Um, anyway I like the thought thing because that helps me with the thoughts I need to learn to dismiss and the red apples I need to keep reminded of Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like my negative thought patterns, my trigger thoughts my old memories of Things that suck that make me feel bad. My worries about the future. These are the bad apples. These are the ones I need to not resist because I won't stop thinking about them. I will keep thinking of these rotten apples because the more I tell myself not to think them. So I need to allow space for them to be and accept it and be present. But I also need to just start thinking of the good apples. You know what I mean? And think of... The apple that counterbalances this other apple. Think instead of the worries about what might happen, think, well, I worried yesterday about today, and today was fine. So help me reinforce that this apple isn't real, or this apple isn't worth my time and attention, but this apple is, you know, a new thought that I need to stay focused on. Forget thinking about how fun it was to fucking do ecstasy, think about how great it feels to have my finances in order and have a, you know, stable state of mind, you know, forget about this apple that, you know, says I was a piece of shit when I was 20 years old and, you know, all the bad things I did. Think about this apple that says, you know, you're a good person today. You actually care about people and you try to do the right thing. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So... These thought things, like, I like that we talked about, even though on paper it seems like we're all over the place, at least that's how I feel right now. Um they, they all do matter, because without all these things, without these energies I'm hoarding inside myself, causing problems, without the power of my body believing every word I say, making me more anxious, more depressed, more nervous, more angry... You know, without learning about good apples and bad apples, without understanding all these things, I will be confused and I will be discontent and I will have problems I have no answers for, you know, and I will use drugs a lot and regularly to not feel these ways because I learned this in a um, training the other day. People don't use drugs as much, like addicts, us. We don't use drugs to get high as much as we use drugs to neutralize our nervous system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The feeling we get when we are seeking high, like we're trying to not feel nervous. We're trying to feel relaxed. We're try- you know, all these other things. Sure, it starts off with the dopamine, the body buzz, the escape from our problems, the escape from our thoughts. Yes, that's different. Yes, they have a euphoric aspect. But when you're chasing this feeling okay feeling, it's more to do with making these other things go away. So I think it's good to t- that we talk about these things because these are ways to make those other things go away without using drugs. Mm-hmm. Hello, you're on the recovery pod. <laughs> <laughs> bing, bing. Call back later. Um, I was just thinking like how the origin of you are not special. It, it's it's kind of cool, like, because, you know, someone told it to me in rehab. And then I went on to spread the message to people like you, people like others I've said I've said it here I think we have two different podcasts one about you are not special and the other one's like well
1: you're spatial
0: yeah so but then I was my intern at work was like just saying how how she just that just really resonated with her cuz I would say it sometimes in group you know just kind of share the story of how it was said to me and um just how how it, it was like good for me how it was kind of like that that light bulb moment to just get out of my own way like it it really unburdened me from a lot of things but sitting here kind of reflecting back on that I was like it's cool how that came about like that's one of the biggest things that stood out to me in rehab out of all the sessions of group that I had out of you know I, I learned a lot don't get me wrong like a lot of early recovery concepts all were like really fresh and new to me things like higher power gratitude like the basics you know but like you are not special like was kind of like one of them like bonus materials from another client there and and that's always really stood out to me and i feel like it it just dropped a whole bunch of weight off me like psychologically but sitting here talking about it i was like man that happened because you know there was like a uh a hard moment for me there that day where everybody was going in a circle we all sat in this big circle around like the dining tables because they were like cafeteria style and we would do the three daily readings like just for today um, 24 hours in a day and, and one whatever the other one day of the reflection and then we all kind of got a touch on that you know like share what we think you know and every time it went in a circle, I would blush, you know what I mean, I, I, it wasn't super bad every day, but, like, I think there was, like, a two- to three-day stretch where it was just every time, right, and I, it was just that morning where we were going in a circle, and I felt it coming to me, and I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, boom, then it hits me, maybe a couple people were looking at me, but anyway, I just got super special, I got super nervous, like, my heart's beating my face is beat red um my mind's going blank and flustery and then i i remember after group or after that you know morning session i was sitting by dude and probably someone else and i was just like i don't know complaining like man you know like i hate that this happens to me and you know this sucks and he goes let me tell you you are not special so thinking about i don't know i just thought about it and i thought that was kind of cool because like i could look at that blushing thing as a major problem and and be like man that really sucks that was a bad thing that happened that was wrong but then like if it wasn't for that i never would have got told i wasn't special and i probably wouldn't have resonated as much with all my thought and ego identification because that was the that was like the starting point you know what i mean like that you are not special was like whoa i'm not this image in my head that i've built up to be i'm supposed to be this i'm I'm supposed to have that i'm entitled to this i'm you know it because that that was a, a big thing for me like most of my life where at least from like my teenage to like that day and my at 31 and i was like where would I be without that? I probably would have read Four Agreements in the other in A New Earth and been like, ah, that doesn't apply to me. You know what I mean? Like, they'd have been like, make sure you go to meetings when you leave this rehab. I'd be like, I'm, sp- you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm special. So I don't know. I was just thinking that it's it's kind of crazy how sometimes what in the moment seems pretty bad can lead to something, and it's just cool to look back and be like man, I'm glad that bad thing happened because I got something really good out of it.
1: Yeah, I I have, like, a couple of things. I'm going to try to remember them all. Um, But, so, you're not special. I remember, like, our first pod, I was still kind of in a phase of, like, I don't really care for this thing. I mean, (laughs) not that I don't really care for it. Like, I, I understand it. But it's like... It was just hard for me to hear. Um, And then on the second one, I tried flipping it. And then on this one... It's literally just step seven. Like, if I had to describe... The seventh step... Like, in the simplest words, is... Is just you're not special. Because step seven is all about humility. Where you understand you're not the worst and you're not the best. So you're not special in being the best and you're not special in being the worst. So, like, does that make sense?
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, yeah, I, I don't know what I'm going to say about that. But for some reason, to me in rehab, the very, very first thing that hit me that I learned it wasn't through anybody telling me anything cuz i did just a lot of listening and paying attention or trying to it was um like the fact that nobody owes me anything
0: hmm.
1: that was the very very first thing that made me realize that i am not completely hopeless and that I am starting to see things and realize things and understand things and just get better. So, yeah. And it was kind of funny how I learned it. It was by watching this, like, really old lady that was in there with us who would act like everybody owed her something. hmm And I was feeling the same way as she was, but as you know listening to her and hearing how things are being handled with her I just kind of clicked with me like huh I'm like I I just applied it onto myself so but and as far as (laughs) good things coming out of bad things I, I always always know that like even if like literally the worst thing for me is like being having my abandonment trauma trigger and even in those moments when I just feel like I just feel like this is horrible and I wanted to stop I um I know that I know that these moments happening are just away from me like like Eric told me something where he said the worse it gets the more the veil is thinning mm. so it's like lately the feeling itself has been getting more worse than ever and that just means I'm starting to just really really like feel it more and more and more and maybe eventually, the next time, it'll get so unbearable that I'll just realize that I just don't want to feel... I'm just not going to do that to myself anymore.
0: Just, it's kind of like getting to that desperation point.
1: Right. So realizing that I, I'm able to... Like, I, I I get myself worked up like that myself, you know. There isn't some program, like, in Westworld that somebody's controlling me to be a certain way. It's, like, I I drive myself to feel like that. Um, so, yeah, even in those, like... Because that is, like, literally the worst feeling for me. Like, I feel worse than, like, if somebody were close to me, like, to die or something you know just horrible happen. I can get through anything except for those triggers. I literally I feel like I just I can't I'm I'm literally dying. But even then I I know there is something good in it in the moment. Or if it's something really bad and you just don't understand what the good in it is i think it's just karma and it's your lesson or a sign to be like (coughs) to you you either sit and you look at it honestly of why it's happening to you and take that as a good thing that you're that this is teaching you something or it's trying to show you something or it's you know just trying to show you something trying to point you to something or like most people do is just get into like victim mode and think like oh why me you know so yeah
0: yeah I mean as as hard as it can be to appreciate challenges you know especially in relationships um when I'm in a relationship without challenges, it's not fun. I don't feel like I grow as much. I don't feel like I'm as engaged. Yeah, maybe it's it's uneventful or comfortable. You know what I mean? It's it's not bad, but it's kind of like, eh.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But um yeah, it's really hard to see it at the time. There there's times where I can I think I was um I was listening to this podcast called The Recovery Pod. Yes, yes, I listen to my own shit. <laughs> but, um, no, nah, on the way to work yesterday, I, I really just needed that unconditional surrender. Like, I was like, you know, this is the one. Like, I need to hear... And Wes is heavy on it. So I'm like, I need to hear Wes. I need to hear, um, this... This... that. It's a good one. It's just one where... It's
1: the one I'm not
0: in. It is the one you're not in. <laughs> it's one of the ones you're not in. But it was a good conversation. It was just, um... I think uh, the guys were kind of going through it that period. Um, and and it was just a really good conversation about letting go. So anyway, um, and I needed to just be, remind myself of letting go of everything. Like, I, I can't just let go of my powerlessness over addiction you know what I mean I can't just let go of things like death you know what I mean even though that's like one of the big ones I'm fairly good at um just acceptance like well I mean I don't like this but this is what's happening like um and but then when it comes to things like relationships it's like it's hard because that's a Something I have a part in, you know what I mean So anyway, I just had to get to a point where I was Listening to like, just Letting go, letting go of, you know, accepting the moment Like, regardless of what I feel I need to do Like, in that moment, I'm driving to work Heading to work for the day I don't have any decisions to make in that moment But yet, I'm sitting there contemplating Past events What I'm going to say or do in the future What I should or shouldn't do But none of it's happening right there So it's kind of like Redirecting me to get present Redirecting me to let go Redirecting me to accept that this is That there's something here That I can get something from And I can even get to the point where I'm like Okay this is going to help me In some way if I I let it You know I can I can find something here To change from you know and to figure out or to another lesson another karma debt paid you know or but it is really hard in the moment and kind of going back a little bit i know for me when i feel like i can't do something or i can't handle like back when um i really needed a lot of me time to myself right mm-hmm. i would kind of say I, I need this so I'm going to kind of use you as an example just because you were just kind of like I can't handle those triggers mm-hmm. you know what I mean and, and you probably feel like you can't but I would, I wonder if any um, I had to start telling myself I could you know what I mean, like even though I still couldn't in those moments, the more I tell myself I can't The more I believe I can't, the more when I feel that way and I feel like I can't and tell myself I can't, the more I really can't. Does that make sense? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So, like, I had to start telling myself, like, I can handle this, even if I'm saying it and, like, not really believing it at first. After a while, I start to believe it because it's now it's a habit to say I can I can handle it. I may not like it still. I can handle it. You know, like, there are days where I'm like, oh, oh, I really need just some me time, kind of just zone out, you know, nothing personal against anyone else. Just want to go home and just dirt, like, not talk, not do nothing, just, you know, chill out. And, um, but I was like, I'll be all right. I can handle this. And, yeah, I think, um, I, I think having that positive reinforcement self-talk is really important to changing the narrative and retelling the story of yourself to yourself you know like i don't like being around people i don't like social i don't like you know being around strangers we've talked about that before where i'd go and say stuff like that based on old stories based on old versions of me because that's what I always told myself. That's what I always was. That's what I'm not really anymore. But when that subject's brought up and I say those things, I feel that way. But it's not necessarily true anymore. So, telling myself the new thing. And then if a day comes where, you know, I can't handle it, even though I'm saying I can, okay then. This is one of them days. There's probably a reason. you just not... I'm not prime all the time. But...
1: I mean, yeah, it's just kind of manifesting in a way, like, telling yourself, like, okay, I can do this, I'm like this. It's like a technique of manifestation where you think of something you want in a present tense where it's already happened.
0: Yeah. Like, did you know the next time I play the lottery I'm going to win it? You already want it. I just gotta go collect.
1: Yep.